0: The Golf Better at Edwin Watts Golf, episode 136. Hello everyone, I'm Tom Purcell and thanks so much for joining us. We say it every time, if you're a first-timer or a long-timer, either way, it doesn't matter. We're just glad you're on board with us. On board with me today is the Zara vendor relations, making like his se- semi-annual appearance here with us, Kerry Kabace. Gary, thanks so much. Glad to be on. Hey, this is going to be a good one. Yeah, we've got a, a, a great guest today. He is fresh off his appearance on Undercover Boss on CBS. He's the president and CEO of made Adidas Golf. I can't talk any more about him because uh, we want him to talk today. And who else? But Mr. Mark King, Mark, thanks so much for joining us. It's it's great having you.
1: Well, Tom, thanks for having me, and Carrie. It's always great to talk to you, and uh, it's a it's a privilege to be a part of the
0: show. Everybody loved your episode of Undercover Boss. It's a great show, one of the best on TV, I think. How did all that come about? Did, did they contact you? Did you guys get a hold of them? How did all How did all that come together?
1: Well, they they actually contacted us um, about I don't know, probably a year before it it actually aired on TV and uh they asked if we would be interested and at first you know i I didn't really I, i was not interested and we weren't as a company because you have to give up all editorial uh control to them so you don't get to edit anything you don't get to retract anything so once you say something you know it's on there and me and my big mouth who knows what i'm capable of saying Um, So we were a little nervous about it, but at the end of the day, we thought, hey, there's a, a golf company that has a chance to be on the national stage and our products get a lot of attention, but we really thought it was a chance to showcase the company and the people and what we do. And and you know, I think at the end of the day, the show was really great, and it made me look fat, and which I am, Carrie, now that I'm older. But uh, other than looking really fat, it was a great show. So it was really it was enjoyable.
2: I think you look great with the
0: earring. <laughs>
1: yeah i still have a hole in my ear from the earring so anyway it was really it was fun in a lot of ways
0: i think every one of those episodes mark and yours yours as well end in a real emotional note almost tear-jerking note i mean what did you take from that i guess from two perspectives one from the ceo of the company but also you know you went undercover you went as you went in as an employee what did you learn from both sides of that
1: Well, uh, you know, I didn't. You know, they hopefully want you to find like there's some major problem in your company, and they can discover it on TV. And we didn't really find, we didn't really find anything like that. But I think what you find out is that the employees work so hard. And almost and almost thanklessly, and we celebrate a lot of things around here, and we try to create a, a great environment for employees, but you still when you when you're really down there doing the jobs that you know that I did 30 years ago when I started, you, you just really get back in touch with how hard the jobs are, how hard people work, you know they get paid, but they don't get you know they don't make a lot of money, and so I think you just learn that you need to appreciate every employee more than you probably already do. And then the other thing that I found out was, and this is probably not an epiphany or anything, but, you know, I sit around in the, the, the head office and you, you talk about what you want people to hear and what you want them to understand, and by the time it gets down to the average employee, it doesn't even resemble what you, what you first started to say. So I think, you know, really, uh, we've worked really hard on effective communication, more communication, more transparent communication. that I think the more people um, know about what's going on, the the, the the better chance they have of making a, a good contribution. So I think appreciation and communication are the two big things that, that were glaring to me that we could improve.
0: Well, you leaned a second ago toward your beginnings. Talk, talk a little bit about your beginnings. I, I heard somewhere that you were the company's first, salesman first outside salesman right
1: well no i don't know if that's the case but i certainly was one of the first it was uh, 1981 so the company really gary adams had the idea of the company in 79 and 80 was really their first year in business and i started in 81 and i moved from green bay wisconsin to san diego or vista actually which is you know right alongside of carlsbad where the plant is and started out as a territory sales rep, commissioned sales rep. Um, I was 21, right out of college, and you know I didn't know any, I was a golfer, I was a, a college golfer, but I didn't know anything about the golf industry, I didn't know anything about selling. Um, but I had a passion for the game, and, and the, the equipment was so revolutionary at the time that you know it gave us a chance to to talk about something interesting. And uh, you know, 31 years later, I'm still here.
0: Over that timeline of 31 years, Martin, what would you consider some of the milestone events of the company? I've got a few written down myself, but I'd just like to see how yours might match up with with mine.
1: Well, there's really for me, there's only one milestone, and that is. After about 15 years of badgering Edwin and Kerry about the big box and Golf Digest, uh, which Callaway always had, and they always had the front of the, uh, the mailer, I think, Kerry, we finally got that, didn't we? You
2: got it, Mark. You definitely, definitely
1: did. <laughs> that, to me, is the ultimate milestone. <laughs> No, I mean, there's been so many, you know, really, there's been so many great things. But for me, you know, obviously that first metal wood, uh, which we called the original one, was really revolutionary and changed equipment really forever. Um, and not our milestone, but certainly one in golf is when Callaway launched the Big Bertha, and they dominated the 90s, you know, with that product. And. In the 90s, then we launched a club called the Burner Bubble, which, you know, helped us survive kind of the onslaught of Callaway during the 90s. And then, you know, in the past 10 or 11 years, we've had the 300 series, which, you know, really for us got us back on track. Then I think movable weight technology in in the the spring of 2004 with the R7. Uh, a couple of years later, then we relaunched a burner club, and so the combination of R7, the super quad, and the burner really carried us for a while until the, you know, two years ago when we launched, or last year, I guess, we launched the R11, the white driver, and then this year the rocket ball. So on the metalwoods, you know, those really have been the breakthroughs for us we've had the adidas or the Adidas brand now for 12 years and climacool apparel and tour 360 were really breakthrough products and put us on the, the map and about 10 years ago we, we bought uh, the maxfly brand and were able to make uh, urethane golf balls so those those first urethane golf balls that we made and now penta you know we have a legitimate uh, offering in golf balls which is awesome the Burner 2.0 irons, I think, really you know took us from being a decent iron company to a, you know really one of the top iron companies, and still doing well today. Um and then just you know all of the relationships that I've had over the years with people on you know just all the people that are still at Edwin Watts and and Edwin and and Ronnie and, and all the guys that started that franchise. Uh, to me though, when I think back, it's more about the relationships over the thirty years with people like Carrie and Harold and Edwin, and uh, that, that I remember you know more than these specific product launches. But um, you know that's kind of the the last thirty years in in two minutes.
0: You know, one of the things either in business or in sports, the sayings I've heard, I'm sure you've heard it from your Packers, is it's one thing to get to the top, but it's harder to stay on the top. And you guys have, have been there for a while now. You've got a outstanding line of products this year. What, Out of all that lineup, I hate to have you pick one or two, what excites you the most about what's out there right now?
1: Well, I mean... It- it can only be, I mean, it can only be, yeah, like you said, we've got a lot of good products out there right now, but the Rocket Balls Fairway Woods really are, you know, I, I don't know, Carry I don't know that there's ever been a product uh, that that's caught the imagination of as many golfers in a short period of time. Um, it, it's really been phenomenal. And I think, you know, the performance of it is so breakthrough. If you think about Really, about 11 years ago, the 300 Series was the first driver that really had, uh, you know, increased COR up to that .83, and the Rocket Balls, you know, was the first fairway wood that that's had a, a springier face, which has given... Golfers, just this opportunity to hit their fairy woods a lot lot farther. So I would say the Rocket Balls uh, is, is really exciting. But, you know, so are a lot of the other products we have. But but that one sticks out for sure.
2: It's been a great product for us, Mark. Talk a little bit about, I think, some of the misconception with the uh, USJ restrictions that you really can't make golf clubs a whole lot better. I think RBZ is a great example of the fairy wood. Oh, I think we got a long way to go. There's a lot more that can be done to uh, help performance of golf clubs. Kerry, I mean, you, you
1: hit it right on the head. I mean, honestly, when whoever thought that, that we would have um, a product like Rocket Balls in the last few years come out, and, and you know what that's going to do. Our competitors are going to get um, you know, keenly focused on what that technology is, so you know they're going to probably, all of our competitors are going to come out with better Fairway Woods in the upcoming years. We have products next year in the drivers that we think are really, really breakthrough. We've got a set of irons coming next year that we think will revolutionize irons for tour players and, and top amateurs and club professionals. Um, look at what's happened to putting uh, with the belly putter and the long putter. And, you know, maybe you don't think of those as innovations, but there's always new clubs and new ways of putting things together that are going to result in better performance. In the end of the day, I think all of the tech, all of the, the limits that the USGA has put on uh, technologies, I really believe it's on the outskirts of limiting. Um, performance. They haven't drawn a line in the sand that would roll things back. For example, 0.83. I know there's a new measurement called CT, but I use the old COR of 0.83. ball comes into something at 100 miles an hour. It can only leave at 83 miles an hour. can't leave any faster than that. That's the measurement, right? And when it leaves faster than that, it doesn't have enough spin on it to stay in the air. So really there's a point of diminishing returns when COR goes beyond 0.83. So I really don't think the USGA has limited much at all in terms of technology. Uh, and I think you're going to continue to see breakthroughs on a lot of levels. What, what club manufacturers like us have decide, have figured out is, it's really now a combination of four variables. You have a, a golf ball that has all kinds of different opportunities, hard ones, soft ones, solid cores, flexible cores, urethane, surlyn covers, five mantles, three mantles. In, unbelievable technology in golf balls that get to marry with golf clubs that have adjustable weights so you can read define where the weight is in a head, along with different weight shafts and length shafts and flexible shafts, and believe it or not, different weight grips. So those variables give you unlimited ability to increase your performance. And, Kerry, I, and I think you're right. It, it It's not going to stop. We're going to launch a set of irons next year for tour players and, and really top players that I believe is going to revolutionize play in, in a set of irons that's traditionally been forged uh, for all kinds of reasons, and it's, it's going to revolutionize that category. So I, I just don't think we're going to see any – everything else in the world is moving forward. Golf equipment is going to do the same.
0: Mark, when you talked about milestone events, a couple of you mentioned the acquisition of Adidas, Ashworth. I guess everything comes in A's with you guys. This past year it was Adams. Yep. Where do you see Adams Golf, a tremendous company, fitting in your family?
1: Well, we're really, really excited about it. We've been, we've had our eye on Adams for about five years, uh, and we do really for one simple reason, or for really two reasons. One is we believe that, that the tailor-made brand really sits best at kind of the top of the player pyramid. We start with tour professionals, top amateurs. We make most of our equipment for really serious golfers. And a lot of golfers out there are intimidated to buy a tailor-made driver. The same way they're intimidated to buy a Titleist golf ball. And so when we speak so much about performance and tour players, it doesn't attract every golfer to our brand. We believe the best opportunity to reach all golfers is to have a brand that really sits for the average golfer and I know today the Adams brand sells a lot of senior clubs and they sell a lot of hybrid sets and some clubs to women but we really see Adams mid and long term really being every the, the, the every golfer's brand and um, I think Callaway sat there in the 90s and we think Adams can be there in the future which is whether you're a tour player or a 36 handicap it's a friendly brand it's fun it's open and inviting, which the TaylorMade brand is really not open and inviting. It's a little more so today, you know, because of white and names like Rocket Balls. But at the end of day of the day, it's a performance brand with high performance products. And I think we can make clubs that are easy to hit for average golfers. I think as the game continues to evolve and we try to bring in new people. Um, I think we're going to need equipment that's fun and easy, and uh, I think the Adams brand is perfect for that. It's got tour support all the way down to beginning women's players, uh, and that's what we're looking for to complement the TaylorMade brand. Plus, we went out and we talked to people, you know, like Carrie and Harold and people in the industry, and, you know, the support of that brand and the products and the technologies they have are incredible. So we're really excited about Having um, the responsibility of that brand alongside of TaylorMade,
0: Mark. Regarding the game itself, um, state of the game in your mind. I think we have a lot more people watching golf this year. There's a lot more buzz. How, how do we get more people out on the course?
1: Well, you know, there's been a lot uh, in the last three or four years. To, um, we're talking about it as an industry, which I think is really a positive thing. Um, You know, there's been a lot written about, you know, it takes too long, it's too hard, it's too expensive. Um, But there's been a lot of research done, especially by the National Golf Foundation in the last year, that says those really aren't the limiting factors. The limiting factor is people don't have fun when they play golf. And I think most of the initiatives right now are around how do we make golf fun? How do we make the entry to the game easier? You know, like if you were going to take up skiing for the first time, snow skiing, you wouldn't go to Mammoth Mountain and go to the top of the mountain. You'd go to Big Bear and you'd go to the bunny slope and you'd learn how to ski on an easy one and you'd have fun and you'd laugh and and figure out if you like the sport or not. So we need to be able to bring people into the game in an easier way, less intimidating, and have it be fun. And I think all of the initiatives now from the PGA of America, Golf 2.0, the First Tee, a lot of things now are really, I think, really focused on the right thing, which is how do we make golf fun. There's a lot of ways to do it, um, but I'll give you an example. At my club, Carrie's played their Shadow Ridge, many times. Um, We now have music on the driving range. So when you go there to hit a bucket of balls, there's music piped out on the driving range. It seems like it's not such a big deal, but the whole atmosphere around the clubhouse and the putting green and the practice tee is more lively. People are talking, and uh, we've had some members complain about it. But at the end of the day, it's kind of changed the environment a little bit. So I think... You know, music in carts, shorter holes, bigger cups, different equipment, which is one thing we're looking at with Adams. You know, different kinds of competitions that are more fun than just, um, you know, competition based, I think really are, are, are going to bring new people in.
0: I have two kids, both of them now. One's going to be a freshman in college, the other's a, 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 a junior in college, and they both basketball players through high school. One's playing college ball. They like messing around with golf. But it just takes too long for them to get good at. They didn't want to invest the time like I did when I was young. And it's, it's, you know, if they can't get good quick in today's, you know, Twitter environment and Facebook yep. environment, they don't want to do it.
1: Well, I think that's the challenge, and then people, and it's what happens when people start at 40. They go out, they play, you know, a championship golf course, and, they, you know, they, they, they're miserable for four or five hours, and they don't come back. So we've got to change the way people begin the game, and, I, and that, you know, it's easier said than done, but I do think there's a lot of initiatives taking place right now to address that, which I think is very,
0: very positive. Mark, it's been great spending time with you. We've been wanting to do this for a long, long time. Before we close, you have some final thoughts for our listeners?
1: Well, my final thoughts are this. I grew up in in the golf industry. I've known nothing but golf. And I met the boys in Fort Walton Beach uh, in the late, kind of mid to late 80s, around 1987, 1988. And uh, through all of the good years and through all of the bad years, Uh, the people at Fort Walton and all the stores throughout the the franchise have just been our biggest supporters. And believe me, we've had our battles and we've had our rough moments, Carrie, but at the end of the day, I think there's been a great appreciation uh, for each other and to to help one another when it's needed. And it's been a wonderful relationship and and still treasure all those personal relationships that I have and all of us here. So I just wanted to thank um, Edwin and John and Carrie and Harold and just all the, the people that, that are in the, the organization for all the support over all of the years.
2: It's still a relationship business, Mark, and you're right. That's what we treasure the most. Now, I am not letting you get away without one question. Okay. Will the PAC be back, and will we be in New Orleans playing for the Super Bowl title in 2013?
1: You know, I don't think so. How about that?
2: I'm stunned. <laughs> I,
1: think, I think we're going to be very, very good. But I don't know if we've made enough changes on the defense. and I mean, it was painful to watch us, you know give up all of those points last year, and I'm not really sure what the heck happened from the, you know from two thousand and ten to two thousand and eleven. I think we'll be twelve and four or eleven and five or thirteen and three. Um, But, I mean, the Bears are going to be good. The Lions are going to be good. Uh, You know, I think San Francisco might be the team to beat. And I think the Eagles are going to be really, really tough. Uh, I'd like to say that Harold Saints are going to be good, but probably too many problems there for them to be but, I mean, I hope so, Kerry, and I, I don't think we'll be too far off, but I think we got to shore up that defense.
2: I, I agree, and you're, you said it best, the, the best teams are in the NFC, and then three of them you just mentioned in NFC North is yeah. going to make it very tough. But, hey, I'm I'm, uh, I'm backing Aaron. I think he gets us to, to New Orleans, and we'll be playing for the title again.
1: Love it, Kerry. Hey, thank you guys very much. Mark, thanks,
0: thanks Martin. so much. It's been great. Take care. Really appreciate thanks. it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Quite a guy, huh, Kerry? Unbelievable. Yeah, you've known him
2: 30-plus years, right? I mean, unbelievable. The one thing he didn't say is that he, when you asked him about being the
0: first salesman, he may not have been the first salesman, but he was the best salesman. He was pretty good. (laughs) Thanks again to Mark King and the folks at TaylorMade Adidas for putting that together. One of the things we like to do as often as we can, because our vendor partners are so gracious to us, is to give something away. We try to make most episodes like Christmas Day and this this episode, again, we've got a dozen of those Bridgestone B-330 tour ball. That's the ball that Matt Kuchar played with to win the Players' Championship back in May. We've gone through the list. We've put them in random.org. And, Kerry, I'm going to let you announce the winner. Juan Gutierrez from Hernando, Florida. Juan Gutierrez. Yeah. And congratulations, Juan. We're going to be getting those Bridgestone balls out to you. And you'll be playing that same ball that Matt Kuchar played at TPC Sawgrass. Well, as we close, I want to say thanks again to Mark King, to our friends at Tailor Made Golf for putting that together. Kerry, thanks for coming in. Thank you, Tom. And to you, our listeners. And we'll do it again next time. And we have another episode of Golf Better at edwinwadsgolf.com. So long, everyone.